When you think of the Middle East, do images of conflict and war come to mind? It would be understandable as headlines are full of reports about bombings and acts of terror. The region has been in turmoil for decades, if not centuries, but human suffering is only part of the picture. The environment is also a victim of human conflict. Lack of cooperation among regional adversaries has taken its toll on fragile, defenseless ecosystems, and climate change will likely intensify stress on the lands once known as the Fertile Crescent. But amid these dire circumstances, there is some positive news. While governments fail to reach meaningful solutions, people are working at the grassroots level to heal polluted rivers and rehabilitate watersheds, all while cultivating cross-border understanding in the process. Can there be peace through water? That's our cover story and begins our series about water issues in the Middle East. We start by looking at the Jordan River. The Jordan is the backdrop to the history of three main religions. In present times, it serves as the border between Israel and Jordan. Allocating the Jordan River water to the two countries was codified in a 1994 peace agreement. The peace treaty has a very significant portion that deals with um, allocations of water uh, from the Jordan River um, bilaterally. Um, this is definitely improved markedly Jordan's situation, uh, given that Jordan is the most water-scarce country in the region. That's Dr. Clive Lipchin. He's the director of the Center for Transboundary Water Management for the Arava Institute, an environmental studies and research program in the Negev Desert, whose student body includes Jordanians, Palestinians, and Israelis. The most interesting aspect of the treaty is a water transfer. Israel would transfer to Jordan on an annual basis um, approximately 55 million cubic meters of water per year. The other aspect of the treaty was that Jordan was able to make use of the uh, storage infrastructure in Israel. Um, this is actually very important because Jordan lacks a sufficient uh, capacity to store uh, rainwater. The way the treaty is structured seasonal uh, rainfall uh, flowing from Jordanian territory uh, would actually be transferred and stored in, uh, in the Sea of Galilee uh, during the winter time. And then when Jordan needed that water, when demand uh, rose in the summer, indicated to Israel when it would want that water to be transferred back. So the treaty actually uh, has led to the integration um, of the, the two countries' uh, uh, water networks which I think if you look at uh, water treaties, um, this is a quite a unique aspect um, that has certainly improved Jordan's ability. And of course, as Jordan has been able to better manage its water resources, it's also helped um, cement the, the general issues of peace between, uh, between the two countries. So what happens when Jordan needs water that is being stored in Israel? They make a phone call? Yeah, it's, it's very straightforward. Uh, the two countries uh, uh, jointly monitor uh, how much water is being transferred from one country to the other. Um, there are open channels of communication. Uh, there are monitoring stations on both sides that each side has access to. And it's simply that. Uh, they basically uh, will, uh, at a certain date, uh, transfer the water. 
um, and at a certain date when they need the water back, they simply say, okay, this is when we need the water, uh, and the transfer is made. It's, uh, it's really quite straightforward. And this has been going on since 1994? Yes, it's a, it, that's another important point, even though, you know, as many people understand, the Middle East is quite a volatile region politically, um, but ever since the treaty was signed in 94, uh, despite what may be happening uh, in other regions or, or, uh, or even within uh, Israel or Jordan, these agreements have uh, never ever been broken. Uh, Jordan received every drop of water it, uh, it requested um, ever, since the, ever since 1994. There is another water project involving the Jordan River that some say has the potential to bring governments together and save the Dead Sea where water levels are dropping at a rate of three feet per year. The so-called Red to Dead proposal is an ambitious undertaking that plans to bring water from the Red Sea to the Dead Sea, but not without significant risks. What made this project uh, realistic in the last uh, couple of years was the massive advances in desalination technology. Israel is one of the world's leaders in desalination technology and development, and today uh, 30% of Israel's drinking water comes from desalination from the Mediterranean Sea. So the fact that uh, the technology has developed to a point where it's now economically feasible made the project attractive in the sense that two uh, issues could be resolved in one integrated project. The first is to provide more water to the region, mostly to Jordan, and the second to save the Dead Sea. And so the idea of the Red Dead was to divert, was to pump Red Sea water uh, along a conveyance route uh, all the way to the Dead Sea, a distance of around 300 kilometers, and then to use the altitude difference uh, where the Dead Sea uh, being around 400 meters below sea level could be used to generate hydropower, which would be the electricity needed to run desalination facilities. The desalination facilities will, will be built at the southern basin of the Dead Sea. Uh, water would then, drinking water that will be produced from the facilities would be uh, uh, provided to, to Jordan some to Israel and some to the Palestinian Authority. And the reject brine uh, would be diverted into the Dead Sea. And the idea is that the reject brine would be able to stabilize the Dead Sea waters by offsetting the amount of water that is evaporating. This project uh, is managed uh, jointly by the three governments. Um, it is being facilitated by the World Bank. Uh, a recent feasibility study was completed, which the three governments um, were uh, responsible for uh, administering. So the World Bank uh, study was done and finished in January this year? I, yeah, the World Bank study, if, if I remember, uh, began about uh, three or four years ago. Um, it involved, uh, as I said, very close cooperation by the three uh, parties. Uh, the, pub, the, the report has not been officially published, um, but uh, the outcome of that study basically advocates for a staged approach to the project, primarily to make sure that any environmental impact to the Dead Sea itself would be able to be mitigated. Uh, we will have to see in the next year or so uh, where things, uh, how things will develop, but I would say um, there is a sense of urgency, and that is the business-as-usual scenario of not doing anything means that the Dead Sea will continue to decline at a meter every year. Um, and this, uh, this uh, situation cannot be halted unless we return water to the Dead Sea. There's no other option here. Look, if the idea of this project is to save the Dead Sea, you can't just study, the World Bank cannot just study one option. That's against their own guidelines. 
That's Mira Edelstein. She's the Resource Development and Foreign Media Officer for Friends of the Earth Middle East, which is a member of Friends of the Earth International, the largest grassroots environmental network in the world. They need to study other options if, they're on the, if there are other ones on the table. And we put the option of rehabilitating the Jordan River. And we did our own studies of how this is possible, how it's feasible, how it's economical, how it's environmental, how it's a better peace project and less environmental risky. And we said this needs to be studied as well. The Friends of the Earth Middle East study identified a number of risks if the Red Dead project were implemented, including the mixing of marine water from the Red Sea with that of the Dead Sea, possible damage to the sensitive coral reefs in the Red Sea, which are a popular tourist attraction, the huge energy costs of pumping desalinated water uphill from the Dead Sea to Amman, which is about a kilometer higher in elevation, And lastly, the pipeline would be built upon the Syrian-African rift, which puts it at risk for seismic activity. The Friends of the Earth Middle East has proposed rehabilitating the Jordan River as an alternative to the Red Dead proposal. Once a mighty river, the Jordan is now heavily polluted, reduced to a mere trickle by the time it reaches the Dead Sea. Friends of the Earth Middle East has conducted studies that suggest conservation measures by Syria, Jordan, and Israel could raise water levels by at least a third, if not more, and thereby heal the river and restore the Dead Sea without the potential risks of the Red Dead proposal. We we did very comprehensive studies to understand um, what what a best scenario would be for the, for the Jordan River. I, wouldn't, I shouldn't say best scenario. I should say realistic scenario to rehabilitate the river and indeed where we would get that water from. And we have very, very specific results that came out of these studies where we need to bring back about between 400 and 600 cubic meters of water into the Jordan River it's from all the countries, not just from one country. We would need Israel to bring in about 220 and Syria about 100, and Jordan about 90. That's, a, that's hundreds um, of millions of cubic meters, right? Of, indeed. Um, okay. we, we know that we're not going to bring the Jordan River back to its original 1.3 billion cubic meters. We're only asking for a third of that. would even at least rehabilitate the Jordan River to uh, some kind of healthy, healthier ecosystem. We then, you know, did an economic, a water economic study in each country and saw, well, is there anywhere where we could conserve water or um, what, what could we do in our water economies that could possibly save enough water? And, and we found, believe it or not, hundreds of cubic meters of water in each country that could be saved. So our, our ideas, you know, they're not, they're not tree-hugging ideas. They're really based on scientific uh, reports that we've done together with Israelis, Palestinian, and Jordanian experts. They've come to the same conclusion, all of them, and, and it was not always easy, so that we really do have a concrete idea of how this can happen, and which is why this project is really now you know, seriously on the table. Friends of the Earth Middle East has other projects involving the Jordan River, including a proposed peace park. They believe water can be a vehicle for peace. You know, when, when you give... The, when you give residents of communities, um, you know, an incentive to, you know, to, to, that, that they will benefit from, you, you'll get them on board much easier than, you know, just having governments 
and politicians argue with each other about, you know, who gets what. It's, it's here, you know, that's what we do with our grassroots projects, is we, we bring it down to the people. Um, everybody will benefit from this, you know, these cross-border initiatives. And when you show that to the people that are living in the communities, it, it, you know, it's not, it's not so difficult for them to get on board. This look at issues surrounding the Jordan River and the Dead Sea is the first in our series about water in conflict zones. In the next report, we'll look at specific projects involving cooperation between Israelis and Palestinians. For more information about the Arava Institute or Friends of the Earth Middle East, visit our website at h2oradio.org. You're listening to H2O Radio.